Once again, back with more of this week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey with Mike Hammett and my full panel is along with me. Bill Berg, Bill Jr., Trasher, and Dell as we get set here for the tail end of the season. As February is getting very close and the action is really heating up as teams start jockeying for position in uh, sectional seating. I'm sure we'll talk more about that here in the next week or so. But right now, let's go back and visit our games of the week. The boys' side, Smash, travel all the way down to Verona to take on the Wildcats. And Del Scanlon, you were there, and I bet uh, I bet it was a pretty good game. It was a different game, MJ. It was actually, as we spoke earlier, a tale of three different periods. And that first period belonged to Verona as they scored three even-strength goals uh, to take a three to nothing lead at the end of the first period, and that was led by Mac Curryluck, as he scored two goals in that period and had an assist. Then, as it went into the second period, the second period was a draw. Both teams scored two goals, and we had a five to two score at the end of two periods. But inside that period, you had two power play goals by Spash. And a shorthanded goal by the Wildcats. And so at the end of two, it's five to two. And then that third period, Verona scored quickly, 13 seconds into the period to make it six to two. But after that, it was all, uh, spashes. They scored three goals, including two power play goals to make it six to five. And then with less than a minute go to go, the Stevens Point fans went nuts as they saw the puck slide into the net, looking like it had tied up the game, but the whistle had blown prior to the puck going into the net as the goalie had it covered, and as he moved after the whistle, the puck trickled in, and they pulled their goalie with a minute 34 to go, continued to apply pressure, but the Wildcats held on to a 6-5 to victory. Thus, there were a total of 15 penalties called in this game. Uh, 10 on the Verona Wildcats and 5 against Spash. And, you know, it t- kind of took a little bit away from the game, but overall it was a very exciting game watching the teams come out and watching Stevens Point try to make that third period comeback for, I, I believe it would have been a second game in a row that they would have done that. Let's say I pulled up the uh, the uh, box score here, and yeah, second period it was a uh, it was a uh, pretty uh, rough and tumble. Looks like cross checks, slashes, slashes, check from behind, roughing, roughing. I mean, these two teams went at it toe to toe in that second period, but in the third period, looks like Spash tried to turn it around, but just a little bit too late. Yeah, it is. A little too late, but, you, you know, they were right in there and had, had their opportunities late in the game. Uh, there was about just under four minutes remaining in the third period when they pulled to within one. So, But like I said, it, it was an exciting game. And, you know, both teams look like ones that can be contending, you know, come next month. Yeah, these are two teams that, Dell, I, I honestly think could end up playing at the state tournament and possibly, you know, who knows, maybe they'd end up playing each other. But these are two 
very solid teams, and we'll get to our top ten and see where these two teams ended up in a little while. But right now, uh, Dell, you all done with? Oh wait, can, can can I interrupt? Do I have a choice? I I, I guess I just did, didn't I? Yeah. I, mean, I, I you know, I, I don't like to talk about you know players who aren't here. You know, you know, Steve, you know, Stevens Point. They lost this guy. This guy went on. But since we are talking about Stevens Point. I just had to mention because I did see something on Facebook that Cole Caulfield had, you know, what, two hat-tricks in his last four games. And I went and looked at the USHL page. He's playing for the, the national development team in Ann Arbor, which plays in the USHL. And he is actually in a, a three-way tie for second place in goals in that league. So I, I don't bring this up to say, you know, how good could Stevens Point be with him had he stayed there. I just bring this up because we're talking about Stevens Point, and this is a kid from Stevens Point who went on to play for the National Development Team and is doing very well there. Say, say, how do you how do you fault him? Well, he's short. Well, yeah, but he's <laughs> but he's got big numbers. No, no, no. He's he's diminutive but fiery. Isn't that what we learned? Feisty, he, fiery. It was fiery. It was diminutive and fiery. Yes, he's he's the next Brian Gianta, ready to ready to captain the USA Olympic team. So, congratulations to to Cole Caulfield, uh, formerly of of Stevens Point. And I'll now I'll go back on mute. Uh, Before you go back on mute, I want to ask you quick. You were on the USHL website. That website for hockey is god awful. I that's just one website I have a hard time dealing with when I try to go look around. It just it's not user friendly to me. That's just my honest opinion. I don't know if you had the same problems. Um I I I, I just went here and everything that, that I wanted to find out was on their front page. There's a picture of Cole Caulfield in their slideshow uh from his hat trick and they have their scoring leaders right there in the Frankfurt. So I didn't actually go inside and try to do anything. But I just like to chase scores on it and see who all is uh, from Wisconsin is doing what. Um, but it just it just seems like it's just hard to navigate. But anyways, that's enough about that. We got our uh, look at the boys' game and the girls' game. Girls' game of the week was. Last week, and I can tell you the girls' game was uh, Bay Area at Central Wisconsin, the Storm, and the Ice Bears. And, Trasher, you got to uh, observe this game. Yes, sir. Uh, One of our favorite facilities for taking pictures, Green Heck Fieldhouse, number 8 Bay Area, traveled to visit number 7 Central Wisconsin Storm, and the Storm proved to be kind of a rude host as they scored four goals in the first period. Macy Stepan and Trinity Foster, each sophomores, each had two goals for a 4 to nothing lead. Bay Area cut it to 4-1 to one in the second period. Katerina Zeranova from the Czech Republic scored to make it 4-1, to one, and that was the final score. Um, Zeranova, by the way, um, was on the Czech national team last year so uh, pretty good talent for the team she's the second leading scorer uh, each team incidentally was missing their leading scorer central wisconsin was missing eden gruber and bay area was missing mia dunning so uh, the big guns were gone 
Um, for the Storm, though, the the young kids stepped up and they got a four to one victory. It's a good game. So, Trasher, quick question: Zernova is you said that she was on the Czech Republic team last year. Is she a foreign exchange student then, or is she living in the area all the time? No, she's foreign exchange student, um, and she actually wanted to come to America for academics, and since she was a pretty good hockey player, um, got a job playing for Bay Area. So, uh, pretty nice player. Um, Coach Brandon Urkula said that she's got a very hard shot, and the biggest problem that they have with her is that she doesn't shoot enough. So, <laughs> I mean, she likes to, to dish off and get assists. Um, she, he was hoping that she'd... Uh, shoot a little bit more but um still a nice player um so it was uh, a good opportunity for her it was a, a four to one game it was a good game um storm out shot bay area 35 to 21 in the contest but uh and uh I, pete susans was telling me that he, he said that every time since Last year, I would give him crap about how many wins he has. He did a little research, and he said that this was win number 632 in his high school career. So um, it was an interesting game, and uh, Central Wisconsin came out ahead. Okay, a couple teams that are possibly looking at another trip to state. We'll find out here in the next couple of weeks. Hi, uh, MJ. Yeah. Can I interrupt again? Do I have a choice? <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I, I thought the layout of that USHL uh, website looked familiar, and that is indeed a, a sport engine website. So they just must not be using it as well as we are, because it is the same platform as our site. That's I, all. Maybe it's maybe it's what I look at it on. You know, if I look at it on my phone or whatever, it just it just seems hard to. Uh, maneuver around in it, but like I said, just my opinion. Um, let's move on. Let's move on to the players of the week. The Radisson Madison players of the week, Madison's premier West Side Hotel. On the girls' side, our player of the week is Bailey Johnson, a forward from Black River Falls. Bailey had a pretty good week. <laughs> Two goals and one assist in a three to one win over Wisconsin Valley Union on the twenty fifth. A one goal in a two to one win over the Cap City Cougars, and on the twenty seventh, one goal, one assist in a three one win over the Metro Lynx. Other gals nominated were uh, Josie Matheson from Black River Falls, Michaela Busher of the Rock County Fury, Maddie Jablonski, Fox City Stars, Alyssa Hyman, Rebecca Avalos of the Warbird Beaver Dam Co-op. On the boys' side, it's a defenseman. We like defensemen. Noah Pickert, defenseman for St. Mary Springs. And the 23rd, he had two goals, in a, including the game-winning goal, in a 3-2 win over Nina Hortonville-Manasha. On the 25th, he had an assist in a 4 nothing win over Appleton United. And on the 27th, he had two assists and a 3-3 tie with Anigo. Also nominated were Jacob Eli of Reedsburg, Wisconsin Dells, Colin Holse of Wapan, and Brockton Baker of Verona. So that's our winners of the Players of the Week. Bailey Johnson on the girls' side for Black River Falls, 
and Noah Pickard on the boys' side from Fond du Lac Springs. And it's listener question and answer time, and Burglar is going to take over right here, right now. Well, I don't even have to interrupt. You just handed it to me. Thanks. Our question this week, <coughs> any thoughts on the Badgerland Conference Tournament? Uh, we have lots of thoughts on the Badgerland Conference Tournament. And I'll turn it over first to uh, Bill Jr., who absolutely loves the format and the layout of the Badgerland Conference and their regular season play and their tournament. So tell us why you like that so much. Well, I think I've mentioned this every year for like the last five years now, but yeah, the Badgerland only plays uh, each other once during the regular part of the season, and then they finish up uh, their conference schedule with a seeded conference tournament based on that one round that they played already this year. And what that does is free up, um, normally you play the other teams in your conference, eight teams in the conference, so seven games, twice 14 games here. They cut it down to ten games. They get another four games on their non-conference schedule. And they get to play in a tournament heading directly into uh, that last week of the season before regional and sectional play. Uh, so it just it prepares them right away uh, to get going for the playoffs. It's... In my opinion, of all the conferences in the state, it is it is the best uh, format they have. Rather than uh, playing each other twice, like most conferences do, or certain conferences they'll play each other twice. But you know, teams down at the bottom of the conference who are historically not great might only get one game against conference opponents. That kind of thing. Uh, the way the Badgerland does it frees up four non-conference games for them across the rest of the year, and prepares them for the playoffs by playing a tournament to end the season. And, as we've noticed over the last several years, um, there will be... It never goes according to yes, script. There will, <laughs> there, there will probably be a, an upset in the, the one, two, or three seed games. Um, there could be an upset in one of those games. The second day on the winner's side is where you see a lot of upsets, one versus four, two versus three. Or if there's an upset on the on the previous day, another game in there. But uh, for the last couple of years, the team that won the regular season uh, title did not win the tournament title. Uh, so it's it's a fun tournament in that way. And right now, I mean, it looks. Well, I mean, it's always up for grabs. But I mean, right now you got uh, what Wapan at six zero and one, Final X Springs five one and one, Nina Hortonville Nasha five one and one, Fox Cities four two and one. Um, yeah, any one of those teams um, could come. At, at three and four, I mean, the way this tournament goes, Appleton United um, not having as strong a season as they've had in the past few years, they could come out and win this 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 tournament too. Um, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't exclude anybody the way this tournament goes. All right, I, I might exclude Pacelli just because they're new. They're they're new to this conference. Well, Bill, I I think uh, I think you could be right on a lot of that, and you know, Wapan as great of a season as they had. I mean, they're the conference champs, and you know. Is that the kiss of death when it comes uh, conference tournament time? Well, no, they're not the conference champs. They're the top seed. The top seed. Well, yes. Aren't they pretty much the conference champs at this point in they, regular season? Play? They do list both the. I forget how they list it on their all conference tournament or all, their all conference team at the end of the year, but they do list both the 
uh, regular season championship and then the tournament championship. Sort of what like they the, do. Sort of like the team in the NHL with the best record at the end of the year gets the President's Cup, but um, nobody who watches the NHL cares if their team wins the President's Cup. Why well, it would be more like more like the old uh, the I don't know if the Big Ten, but the WCHA did that. You know, mm-hmm. back back when the, they had your regular season champ and then your uh, tournament champion. The and Broadmoor think, Trophy. The what? The Broadmoor Trophy. Went to which one? The Broadmoor Trophy was the playoff in, uh, uh, champion. Okay. McNaughton yeah, well, Cup was the regular season. Yep. When the when the um, all conference team comes out at the end of the year, it does list both of them. Okay. So I mean, when is the last time one team was both? I'd have to look. I don't believe it was last year. Uh, I believe last year it was split between Appleton and Nina, between the two. Well, I'll find out because I'll be there Saturday. Yep. We won't tell you why until later. But, yeah, I'll be there Saturday. (laughs) He's traveling Wisconsin to try fine cuisine. No spoilers. He's got (laughs) to get himself some of that Lake Michigan sushi. There you go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Junior, while you've got your microphone wide open, actually, actually, ahead. it's 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 the it's the uh, the sturgeon from the you know from the actually from the Fox River. Oh boy, do they glow? All right. Well, we will move on. To the top ten, Bill Jr., you've done all the tabulating. All the votes are in, and uh, no hanging chads. Who are the top tens, boys and girls, and their honorable mention? All right, uh, Hudson, once again, unanimous number one, number one. Uh, University School is in second. Uh, I believe they were unanimous number two selection. Uh, Oakland Memorial is third. Wasa West is fourth. Superior is fifth. Uh, Nina Hortonville Menasha is sixth, Stevens Point is seventh, Waukesha is eighth, Notre Dame is ninth, and Pines brings rounds out their top ten. Honorable mention for the boys this week are Eau Claire North, Fond du Lac Springs, New Richmond, Verona, and Waupon, which is interesting if only because those are the same five honorable mention teams as last week, uh, which has not happened yet this year, where two teams or where the same five teams showed up in honorable mention two weeks in a row. Uh, on the girls' side, Hudson is back at number one, uh, owing to Eau Claire Altoona's loss to St. Croix Valley. Uh, Eau Claire area is second. Uh, St. Croix Valley is third. Rock County is fourth. University School is fifth. Central Wisconsin is sixth. Wisconsin Valley Union is seventh. The Warbird Beaverdam Co-op is eighth. Bay Area is ninth, and Cap City is tenth. Honorable mention for the girls, again the same as last week, are Black River Falls, Fox Cities, and the Hayward Co-op. Is Hudson on the boys' side a surprise to anybody else? I think they're just head and shoulders above everybody. Well, it's just, uh, I mean, I know they were a good team. They were a good deep team last year, top to bottom, but they lost the best defenseman in the state, uh, one of our goalie award finalists, and um, Aaron Grounds. And Aaron Grounds, one of our, our, for, our winner, I believe, for our Joe Pavelski Award. Uh, Hudson was the only team that had a on the boys' side um, a player in all three of our end of season awards, 
and they won two out of the three. They lost those three guys, and they're still uh, number one uh, so far, wire to wire this season. It's, you know, I mean, I'm used to teams being good, but I mean that's that's pretty impressive to lose three guys of that caliber and still be sitting there on the top. And it's not like they're playing an uh, an easy schedule. I looked at it uh, earlier today at uh, the U.S. High School Hockey Online Power Rankings, and Hudson has the second highest strength of schedule in the state this year. Um, just a tenth of a point behind Wausau West. Wausau West is uh, 10.2, Hudson's 10.1 on strength of schedule. Um, and it was nice to see there are uh, 12 teams this year in the state who have a strength of schedule above 9, which is usually rarefied air. It's something we've seen a lot this year. Uh, more teams have gotten into that top 10 play where it used to be that Eau Claire Memorial, Wausau West, Superior, and Notre Dame were just kind of beat up on each other all season long. Uh, now there's a lot more teams playing a lot more high-caliber non-conference games. Anago has played a, a nine-plus schedule. Uh, Waukesha has played a nine-plus schedule. Uh, pretty much everybody in the top ten has um, this year. So uh, there's a lot of really good teams in the state uh, right now. And on the girls' side, uh, their top ten is kind of just a mess. Uh, everybody kind of agrees on the top two or three, and then after that, uh, the rankings just jump around from week to week, depending on depending on like nothing as far as I can tell. Sometimes, uh, sometimes the union is ahead of Central Wisconsin. Sometimes Central Wisconsin is ahead, and generally there's no good reason why. Uh, this week, uh, the Valley Union lost to Black River Falls, so that probably contributed to them dropping a bit. But uh, teams are just bouncing around, and the same thing is happening in the middle of the top ten on the boys' side. Teams are just bouncing around week to week. Hey, you mentioned about how the strength of schedule and still remember the Waukesha early, you know, a couple of weeks ago had that three games against top 10 teams, I believe it was in one week. It was, that was pretty impressive. I mean, they go and they lose to Hudson, but if I remember right, they beat, uh, university school and somebody else in that same week. And yeah, they had, they that had was a weekend. tough week. Uh, Black River Falls just played a tough week. I know the the Madison Metro Lynx aren't the team they were the last uh, several years, but uh, they played uh, the Madison Metro Lynx, the Cap City Cougars, and the Wisconsin Valley Union this week and won all three of those games. Um, which uh, which which sectional is Black River Falls in, Dell? Three. Okay then. Uh, so that'll be that'll be interesting. That sectional has been kind of dominated by just a couple teams the last couple of years. Now there's uh, a newcomer. Sectional three is going to be interesting. You've got uh, Rock County, Black River Falls, Onalaska, and Cap City that are all going to be right there in it, and it could be very interesting as to how it turns out. I think right now, as you look at it, your Fury are going to be the um, favorite to come out of it, but it. They had a two to one win the last time they played Cap City, and so and Cap City knocked them off last year. But then when we, uh, the other thing that I had kind of mentioned is that I was taking, I decided to take a look and see where sectional finals were going to be on the February twenty third and twenty fourth, and I see that we have three of the boys' sectional finals going to take place that night, and one of the girls, the rest will all be on Saturday. Section 3, where's the final at, if you know off the top of your head? I don't know off the top, top of my head. I know 
I do know sectional two is going to be at Cornerstone, and it looks like they have the boys and girls final going on that day at the same time on the 23rd, or not at the same time, but one after the other. Section three is at MIA. That's what I was probably going to guess. Cause I'm going to pick Black River Falls in that one because they're the furthest north. And everybody knows northern hockey is better than southern hockey. Except for MJ, who always votes for the southernmost player of the week. We Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to. Somebody has to. I gotta be the Somebody's got to be the homer. <clears throat> the Russian judge. That's me. How about our upcoming games of the week? Tomorrow, Rock County is going to be taking on the Cap City Cougars. Dell, you were talking about that one. Um, one thing to note about that one, Dell, this one doesn't have any uh, conference uh, implications as uh, Rock County has already clinched the uh, Badger Conference. And on Saturday, Badgerland Conference Tournament, first place and third place games, Burglar, you are going to be at those. I am. I like going to that tournament. It's always, it's always a surprise when I, you know, check the Friday night scores or Saturday morning, Saturday morning to get up to see, you know, who's going to be playing the championship game. And it's like, oh, really? That was unexpected. But yeah, I'll be there and hopefully I'll have my crew with me. We'll be taking pictures and providing updates and, uh, at least for the, the the third place game and the the championship game, I don't know if I'll make it down there for the earlier games, but we'll be there for the last two anyway and provide full updates for that. And I'm not even we already discussed what we thought about you know who was going to do what in that tournament. I'll just uh, report it all on the weekend. Sounds good. And Dell tomorrow night, you're going to be. Uh, which is Tuesday night. You're going to be in Sun Prairie at the uh, ice rink? Yes, I am. Uh, uh, I'll be there for the Fury against the Cougars. They met in the sectional three championship game last year, had a two-to-one game earlier this year, and it should be an interesting game. Last year, if I remember correctly, that sectional final went all the way to double overtime before Cap City won it. What a crazy game. But Dell will have pictures and uh, write up on that. Correct, Dell? Correct. All righty. Okay, uh, it's our final thoughts section, guys. Uh, tell you what, uh, state tournament's coming up, and if I remember correctly, um, that means that seating meetings, Super Bowl Sunday, it always seems they're, they come around. And I think that's no exception this year, so I'm sure we'll talk about that next week. But uh, state tournament, Wisconsin Prep Hockey is always happy to cover the state tournament. Um, we don't have big corporate sponsorship or anything. It's kind of a mom-and-pop thing. So uh, what we do is we uh, ask for donations. If people can uh, you know, have a bake sale in our honor or anything like that, uh, or just send us money in the donations box on the front page of Wisconsin Prep Hockey, whether it's, you know, a couple of dollars, 50, you know, thousand, you know, whatever you want to send is, it would be much appreciated. Offsets the internet costs that we have, and it is pricey at the Alliant Energy Center. And, um, 
all the other expenses, if we can, like Trasher says, if we can get a can of pop at the end of the day, that would be awesome. But uh, we do need your help. So if you can help out, the donations box is on the front page, and uh, feel free to give. And I'm telling you from the guys, we would sure deeply appreciate it if you could help out. Um, Del Scanlon, what you got for us? Well, we're coming to the end of January, and what's that bring up? The Wisconsin Prep Hockey end-of-season awards are starting to look for the names. I had sent out emails to the head coaches of the girls' high school teams over the last week, and I will do it once again this week as we're going to start looking to get their names in. So we have them out there for the Janelle Sergi Award, who's our Offensive Player of the Year, the Molly Engstrom Award, our Defensive Player of the Year, the Jesse Better Award, our Goaltender, and then the new award for the girls' side this year, the Rachel Bible Award, our Unsung Hero Award. This is actually the only award in which I ask the coaches when they nominate the player to do a write-up so that we're able to see why this player's deserving of the award. This is the player that you you don't see their name in the box score all the time, but they're the ones that are busting their butt at practice, going into that corner, fighting for those loose pucks, and just being a little bit of an inspiration to the team throughout the season. And with that, I'm actually going to toss this over to Trasher and let him mention a little bit about the boys' awards. Oh, thanks. Here, I thought I was done for the night. Uh, the boys' awards, um, the forward award is uh, the Joe Pavelski Award. The defenseman award is Davis Drewiski. The goalie is the Kirk Dobbinspeck Award. And our unsung hero is Adam Burrish. Uh, as well as what Dell had said, I will be sending out emails to the coaches to get some names for the the defensive players. Uh, defensive players are kind of hard to quantify. You just can't tell by looking at the stat sheet who the top players are. So we trust more so in the judgment of the coaches to nominate their uh, top defensive players. So that's kind of what's going on on the boys' side. Dell, back to you. Thank you. And one last push for the coaches of boys and girls high school hockey. We really would like to see 100% participation in the Hobie Baker Award. And if you could please nominate those players. They're so deserving of this award. And it's really no cost to you. And these players deserve the honor. And please get that information back to Jim Hayes. So it'd be nice to see as close to 100% participation on this as we can. And with that, it's back to you, MJ. Okay, guys, I think that should be uh, wrapping up our show for this week. Next week, I'm sure it's going to be spilling full of knowledge that you'll want to know. And we'll bring it to you. Yeah, spilling. You know, I... It wouldn't be a very nice thing to do, but I wouldn't put it past me to do it. To uh <laughs> to put up a list of the, the coaches who didn't bother nominating any of their players for the Hobie Baker Award. It cost the team nothing. It's sponsored by, by somebody else. It's it's run um it's just a character award. There must be somebody on every, every team that has a winning character, a winning attitude, a positive attitude. And 
I wouldn't put it past me to put up a list of all the coaches who are too lazy to nominate one of their players for that award at the end of the year. You wouldn't do that. Probably not, but sure is tempting, isn't it? Still, still be kind of fun though. Yeah, because there, I mean, there is absolutely no reason not to. You can't come up. Oh, I didn't have timer. I didn't have it. You know, there, there isn't a valid excuse to not nominate somebody. So it really wouldn't be out of the the realm of possibility you know, to put up a name of coaches who are too lazy to do it. Well, the only valid excuse would be is if you, if you have no seniors on your team, because I believe I do believe that's the one thing is that that they wanted to go to a senior. All right. But so would, if there's one team out there with no seniors on their team, then I won't list your name in that list. And that would be uh, be coming up here real shortly. That you may want to get that done. Okay, guys. Uh, anything else that you feel you've got to discuss? I'll take that as a no. So for Bill and Bill Jr., Trasher, and Delmar, I'm Mike Hammett. Catch you next week here on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.